Hello and welcome to Soccer Speakeasy. I'm hosting today Jacob Myers, beat writer for the Columbus Dispatch of the Columbus Crew, reigning MLS Cup champion Columbus Crew. And now we finally have a schedule, Kyle, to look at. That's our striker, Kyle Robertson. Michael A. Race, our, our normal host, is unavailable today due to some technical difficulties as we understand them. And I believe they're true technical difficulties, not ones of uh, someone who's older than I struggling with technology. So uh, you, we'll, you know, you know, it's because his kids are back in school and then and he can't figure it out <laughs> or they're running throughout the kitchen. I, I wish our listeners could see some of the videos we do here. It's either his wife or, or one of his kids always in the background. Um, it's it's quite funny, but yeah. So we'll we'll just start with this, Kyle. The the crew schedule is is finally out. Um, they have 13 games in the new stadium, which we now have the official opening date is July 3rd against the New England Revolution. We'll talk a little bit about that schedule and that day, um, and then some additional updates from preseason. They are currently in Orlando and will be there through April 5th before traveling to Managua, Nicaragua, to face Real Esteli in the CONCACAF Champions League. So with that, we'll, we'll just start with the stadium opening. It's uh, incredibly exciting to finally have this date, no doubt. Uh, they were always looking at the first weekend of July. It's going to be July 3rd, first, the New England Revolution, and that will be broadcast nationally on ESPN at 5 p.m. I think I can speak for everyone listening, you as well, Kyle, and our, our great technical director here, as I would I would say he's about equivalent to the technical director of this podcast, yeah. Patrick Flaherty. I hope that the stadium fills up. I, of course, we want to be in a good enough spot in the pandemic before that happens. But here's to hoping that can be the case. But anyway, this is the official opening date of the new stadium against the same opponent that they played the official opening date of Old Crew Stadium, which the final game there will be June 19th at 7.30 against the Chicago Fire. So, Kyle, I guess I want your thoughts of just how excited, exciting it is to have this date officially on the books. I mean, I think I think uh, if anybody's listened to the podcast before, we kind of uh, kind of nailed it. We, we said that, what, they'd play maybe three or four games in the historic uh, Crew Stadium before they would uh, pick, you know, pl- play the, the home opener. Uh, my own thing is, man, they should, you know, I thought it would have been really sweet if they would have played Cincinnati or, you know, I think it would have just kind of uh, up the uh, hell is real kind of rivalry to kind of get it going. Um, but no, I think it's a, I think it's a great weekend. Um, you know, there it's, it's a, uh, you know, it's a jam packed weekend with a lot of stuff going on and, and um, it should be, uh, you know, should be awesome depending upon how many fans are allowed in the stadium by then so um, absolutely and and just for i guess a little a little color to some of the excitement maybe within the club we we spoke to uh jesse zardes darlington nagby and caleb porter yesterday and um funny enough caleb porter said in at old crew stadium the first the last game there is actually the uh anniversary date for for he and his wife and obviously he has a lot of history inside crew stadium has won two mls cups and a college championship so pretty historic if if you want to say that for historic crew stadium uh, moments there for uh, the porter family and jossie zardes talked about driving by the stadium 
and seeing the seats filled in. I don't know if you've driven by lately, Kyle, but yeah. uh, I, w- I went by with my fiance on the weekend just to kind of look at it. And you can really see how much the yeah. seats are filling in. And um, well, even they, 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 they've um, some seats are different colors. I, I can't quite make out the pattern, but it looks like there's some gray or, or it, there's, I don't know if it's the Ohio logo or the crew or something, but it looks like there's some different color seats to kind of make something when there's no fans there. Yeah. The, the pattern will look like what the pattern you can kind of make out on their white slash gray Jersey. I, I wish personally there were maybe a little more yellow seats, but I think when the Nordic is totally filled out, maybe uh, that will be more of a, a dominant color in the, in the stadium when you're uh, looking at overhead shots. But anyway, July 3rd, five o'clock against new England revolution. And looking at the schedule generally, they were benefited with, like you said, Kyle, we had talked about, they were looking at three to four games in old crew stadium, historic crew stadium before moving downtown, which I don't know if we had stated on the last podcast, if, if it were, was out yet or not, but they are now naming that entire complex Astor Park. I, I wrote about it on dispatch.com and, and you can check out uh, why there's pretty interesting connection to uh, the founding of, of soccer in U.S. as a national sport, but they were always looking at that. And I think they benefited from MLS season being pushed back to like mid-April, which they're opening the season at home against Philadelphia Union on Fox national television. We'll talk about all the nationally televised games as well on this schedule. But they have four home games and six away games before moving to that stadium, which, you know, if you're looking at a regular season beginning in March, uh, obviously don't have as many midweek games. They they could have had a lot more road games here. So I, I think it's a pretty balanced schedule. What was your impression? Yeah, no, I mean, just kind of like you said, I mean, yes, it's balanced, but I mean, also, I mean, you're, you were going to have to play more road games to kind of get, to get the schedule the way you wanted. I mean, we've seen other stadiums, uh, and other teams do this, uh, you know, most recently, I remember D.C. United uh, when they uh, when the crew in D.C. played in Annapolis um, and actually uh, a race and I were down there for that for another um, to do a double dip. Um, I believe the Buckeyes were down there um, and then the crew played the night before. So, um, you know, it's uh, um, or something I forget. Or no, Blue Jackets. Um, Blue Jackets and uh, the the DC United, they were playing the Capitals. So um, yeah, I mean, you you knew that was going to happen. I mean, you know, but you kind of want a backloaded schedule anyways. So I mean, you know, it's 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 not like they're going to be struggling. You know, this is a well put together team. So I mean, I think the being on the road that much at the beginning of the season is not going to be that much big of a deal. Um, you know, and, and also you'd have to think of the the stadiums. I, I would think as the season goes on, there'll be more fans in all the stadiums. And so, you know, to get, you know, some of the road games out of the way early on when there isn't as many fans might be a benefit, you know, to the crew. Um, you know, you, you always, you know, you never want to play, you know, against a team with a, you know, rowdy crowd, a full, you know, um, you know, a packed house. So I think that, you know, if you look at that aspect, I mean, you know, I think it's, I think it's good, but I mean, it's, it's what we expected. I mean, you know, I I don't think there's anything crazy or, you know, you know, this is, this is what we thought was going to happen. So that's a good point. I think any MLS team this year, regardless if 
your the crew Austin or FC Cincinnati opening new stadiums, you want as many home games as possible right. later on in the schedule. You always want it in the summer, of course, but for every reason you just laid out there with with having more fans. And that made me kind of curious to look at if they if MLS maybe gave some of the Canadian teams uh, more home games at the beginning since they have to play in uh, Florida for Toronto and Montreal and others. I, I haven't really dug into that, but uh, yeah, just looking at the crew schedule when they do open the stadium, three of the first four games, they, they have three home games it, within, I believe it's 19 days of the stadium opening. They have three home games there. The only other away game, uh, the only away game in there is FC Cincinnati at their new stadium. And then they end the season with three at home. So if you're looking at the schedule there, there's a lot to like, uh, yep. just kind of a logistical breakdown that it's very regionally heavy and MLS did this for a variety of reasons, mostly to limit travel and MLS is going to pick up the bill. It sounds like on, well, MLS owners will pick up the bill on charter flights. A lot of the teams will try to fly the day of, I believe last year, if I remember correctly, Caleb Porter said, if it's like a three hour flight they yeah. can fly the day before so that and of course i think if it's like a mid-afternoon game they could probably right. do that as well so just looking at their schedule though within the east we have 27 teams in mls so within the east there's 14 since nashville is officially over there now 13 in the west of the 14 teams there are six teams that the crew will play three times that's dc united philadelphia which we mentioned is the opener only three days after they play in Nicaragua, too. Could you imagine flying back, like oh. maybe getting a little bit of sleep the next two days yep. and then going and play the Supporter Shield winners who are also in CONCACAF? So, yep. um, you know, there'll be rotation in that game. But it's DC United, Philadelphia, Chicago, New York City FC, New York Red Bulls, and New England are the six teams there. Oddly enough, and MLS called this regional opponents, the crew will play the other eight East teams twice, which includes Cincinnati. So I just found it a little odd that they didn't have FC Cincinnati and the crew scheduled twice or, or three times. Three sorry. Time, yeah. I think last year, since they played in MLS's back, it was maybe four times, which honestly was a bit overkill. I thought it took a little bit out of the rivalry, but it was a strange year. And, you know, that was a one-off thing. But also I think what probably played into this is FC Cincinnati's getting a new stadium, Cruz getting a new stadium. Yeah. So that probably affected it. But um, well, also the other thing that, that, that you, uh, that you hit on, on one of your articles was the number of midweek games because of the, uh, all the uh, international uh, windows with the Gold Cup, and then also, so what? It was four, let's see here, nine midweek games, four at home, um, five on the road, and that's not including the three other tournaments that the that the crew are in this uh, this year. So, um, and then, um, what do you say? Uh, five games, uh, the crew will play five games during the international window with some players that will be called into action for the national teams. So um, we'll... You know, we'll see, you know, probably three or four, maybe even five or even more um, players probably depart for the national teams during the during those breaks. Yeah. And that's something every team is really going to have to deal with. And I believe that that was something with the number yeah. of international windows kind of and games compressed into this year because COVID delayed so so many of those games in 2020. 
that was something that a lot of right. teams probably thought of and the crew definitely thought of in constructing their roster. But yep. uh, looking more in depth at the schedule, just some marquee games that jumped out. Obviously, the number one thing I was looking for beyond, and everyone was looking for, beyond the first game at the new stadium is when the crew would play Austin FC. And there are only two games against the West for every East team, and then vice versa. Every West team plays two games against the East. One of those is Austin FC at Austin, Sunday, June 27th. That game is on national television, and it's the final game before the crew moves into the new stadium. So that's Sunday, June 27th, 8 p.m., FS1. Uh, I was very happy that MLS put this game on the schedule. I think it was a no-brainer probably for them, just from the interest and probably get some nice TV ratings, Having also having two you have a new stadium, you can show it off on national TV and then promo the next week the crew is uh, entering their new stadium on national TV. Interesting enough, I just realized this and now. And all the crew players, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crew versus crew, too, essentially. <laughs> crew juniors. The week after, or I guess the, the third game there, so it's at Austin, new yep. stadium, home against New England in new crew stadium. And then Wednesday at FC Cincinnati, the crew's first game at West End Stadium. So yep. a, li- a little interesting there. But Kyle, were, were you pleased that Austin was on the schedule? I think everyone just wanted to probably see this matchup and then just get the first one kind of over with. Yeah, but I mean, I think crew fans want, would, would want to see Austin come to town. Absolutely. Um, and Dr. Pete Edwards had a comment. I believe it was on 97.1 The Fan that he said that Austin – if Austin was going to come here, they wanted Austin in the old stadium to kind of show what they were missing or something, whatever the the quote was there. But yeah, obviously, whenever Austin comes here, probably the next year, uh, that that will be a huge date to circle and uh, tracking the flight plans of Andy Lofnane and Anthony Precourt. I just wanted to see all the all, all those signs fans would have made for that game. <laughs> Yeah, Tifo two sticks galore. There no no shortage of it for yeah, sure. Yeah, there'd be like a queso Tifo with you know, with him eating with his head in queso or something. I don't know. <laughs> Verde. Verde. Man. Yeah. So, so June twenty no, seventh at Austin. Yeah. No, I was gonna say I just think it, you know, kind of wrap up the schedule stuff. I mean, it was everything that we thought. You know, I don't think there's any two surprises. You know, um I think people would have wanted to see Austin at you know, in the new stadium or just in Columbus at all, but we'll, you know, have to wait for the next year. But, you know, I think it's as well as, you know, as, as it could have been. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't see anything too crazy Seattle at home. I like having the MLS cup rematch at home at, at new crew stadium. That is August 21st. I believe that that's also nationally televised on Fox. And I mean, this schedule has the most nationally televised games. The crew has had in a long time. It was difficult I I can't remember, Kyle, maybe you can. The last time the crew had beyond one or two nationally televised games in a season outside of, of course, MLS is back last year. All those games were on national TV in the playoffs, just in the regular season. The crew is seven. That's a huge win for them um, and good for MLS of doing that. Um, Just to wrap that up, any, any final thoughts? No, I mean, it's like, like we said, you know, I think everything kind of happened the way we kind of thought. Um, you know, uh, I think we all knew that they were going to have a, a front load of, of away games and a back load of, you know, of the home games. And, you know, I just want to get it started. Uh, you know, I think we both want to stop 
<laughs> speculating on stuff and actually covering games and kind of get the get the season you know going because this time last year you know the what we had one game and then the then the pause of the season so um you know shortly you know everything will start picking back up and i think it's exciting times for everyone yeah i can remember a year ago a little over a year ago now sitting outside the obets training facility um when it came down that MLS had suspended the season. Yeah. So uh, that was very odd. And there have been numerous people and stories written across all leagues of recounting that day. So we won't go down there, but the crew is preparing for their season in Orlando. Currently, like I said, April 5th, they will uh, is their final day in Orlando and they will then go to Managua, Nicaragua to start their CONCACAF Champions League against Real Esteli. And they had their first scrimmage, Kyle, this past, I believe, what, Wednesday they played, and no streams uh, of any sort for these games, so was unable to watch. I won't be able to watch them so much as kick the ball until Mm -hmm. that CONCACAF game and uh, until the second leg in person. So uh, that... You know, strange times, obviously, but they had a 60 minute session and then a 30 minute session against NYCFC for those. You know, I feel like I just have to say this, even though it doesn't matter. The crew lost 1-0 in the 60 minute session, 2-0 in the 30 minute session. Uh, Zellerayon and Jossie Zardes played in the 30 minute session. All these groups were very mismatched. And I, I think it's all about just kind of adding some stamina uh, three academy kids played, and Caleb Porter even said that in this next game, I believe it's against Orlando, and in the two games after that leading up to the CONCACAF Champions League game, they will start to put together the actual what might be a first unit. Obviously, there are guys missing as well. Luis Diaz is with the Costa Rican youth national team trying to qualify. I believe they were they were kicked out of, uh, of, of CONCACAF qualification for the Olympics. Aloy Room is with Curacao. Uh, Alexandru Matan with the Romanian youth national team. So they have they have a lot of guys out. Valenzuela also with the Argentinian youth national team trying to qualify for the Olympics. So all this is to say, don't read into too much right now. Um, they're, they're all kind of just going through uh, the stages you have to go through in preseason. And Kevin Molino and Wayland Francis, Caleb Porter said, were uh, a little banged up, just some hamstring tightness, but uh, he expects them to factor into the next game. Yeah, I just want to add on that uh, Luis Diaz looked pretty good. Um, he did. The U.S. team, um, um, he you know, was making lots of runs and had a couple quality chances uh, on goal and looked pretty dangerous um, on that on that right side um, during that game. So he looked he looked good. So I yeah. think he had a one shot that the goalie made a pretty incredible save, if I can remember. So. Um, Yeah, and I thought his decision-making was a lot better, too. And that's something that we talked about a few times last season. And I think he certainly had his best game in MLS Cup Final, and you saw better decision-making. So that would be a great step forward for the crew. And just thinking about that winger position, you know, I wrote a story about this. Looking at 2019, when Caleb Porter came in, they were... Obviously, that was their weakest position, I think you could say, at winger, and it had been for a little bit of time. At that position was Pedro Santos, Justin Miram, MLS newcomer Robinho, who is no longer in MLS. He's in a lower-tier division in Brazil. 
Nico Hansen and Luis Argudo. Argudo is not in MLS anymore. Hansen, I believe, was signed by Minnesota United. And uh, and Justin Miram, obviously, no longer with the club. Those four guys were all gone by the end of that year. And now I, I think this is probably the deepest they've ever been at the winger spot. You have Kevin Molino, Pedro Santos, Derek Etienne, Luis Diaz, and then Alex Matan will fit in there at times. What, what's your just perspective of of how far that position has come and what what is in store for them this year? No, I think it's great because you have you have established guys that that you know you can count on game in and game out with Molina and you know and Pedro, and then you got some young guys that are you know that are fighting to be consistent, you know, game in and game out, and that you know they'll probably be more featured next year, you know, as they get some more stuff. But I mean, look at like Luis Diaz; he had his struggles, and but he really turned it on uh, last year, and I think. You know, it takes some time. I mean, he he's extremely fast, uh, but you know, to be able. I mean, the one thing I remember most about the end of the end of the year is, you know, that he would get that ball and then he'd look for, uh, you know, for Zardes and play that ball, you know, from the right side in early. And I think uh, er, early in the season he'd be taking that to the corner and then crossing it. And a lot of times, you know, the cross wasn't there or it was late or, you know, two guys were on Zardes by that point. So I think he really kind of developed his game a lot about, you know, taking it into the corner, taking it himself or getting that early cross in that Zardes likes to when he has that one defender on him, that ball in space where, you know, uh, he can get to the back shoulder of the defender, and, you know, and put a nice one touch, you know, in, in on goal. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's I think it's, the crew is in an incredible situation where they finally have resources and they spent money on players and they can develop them and say, Hey, you know, let's play a couple of games, you know, let's, you know, let's not start right away. Let's watch and learn and you'll get your chances and just develop. And I don't think they've ever had that before because in the past they would have signed a guy like Luis Diaz and say, all right, you're starting right away, go play. And maybe the confidence wasn't there or he wasn't, um, you know, uh, figuring out the game right away. But now they have the time and the patience to kind of let these younger guys develop. And so that eventually if Pedro leaves, you know, that they can they can move, uh, you know, the younger guys into that starting position and be ready to go. So I think that's one of the the, the bigger things because the, the club – has the money and they're investing in young young guys and and letting them kind of develop and kind of grow in and not just throwing them into the you know with the wolves right away and some guys can do it and some guys can't so I think it's a you know I think it's I, I think it's it's a it's an indication that the the, the club is growing um, and they're not bottom you know when I say bottom dwellers I meant with how the roster is constructed, how much money, you know, they're in the middle or even high, higher up. I, I think they're in, I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would think they'd be in the top 10 or 12 of, of spending on the roster, uh, you know, this year. So I think it's just, a again, an overall, um, a sign of, of where the crew is. And I think as a fan, you're just so happy that they're actually developing players. They spend in money and they actually can bring in guys that, you know, that can play, um, you know, right away or kind of develop and then see what happens. Just to put some numbers to that. I mean, I, I don't know statistically where the crew stacks up payroll wise and, and spend wise with the rest of the league. I would imagine it's like middle tier, maybe yeah. slightly higher, like, like you said, but 
Uh, these teams, while, they don't open they don't open their books and yeah as as you're right for a while they were right near the bottom i think you could say just based on looking at the roster and i mean to look at that winger position specifically 2019 the four guys i mentioned mir Rubino, hansen and argudo those four players gone they contributed one goal four assists in 57 appearances that year in almost 3000 minutes and then this offseason you had Kevin Molino, who had 16 goals and eight assists in the last two seasons. So that's after getting a guy like Derek Etienne, who I think is a really underappreciated signing the crew made before the 2020 season in Luis Diaz, investing in young talent as same with Matan. I, I'm really curious to see what he looks like. And Pedro Santos, obviously, it was a huge part of making uh, himself kind of a core asset to build around at that winger spot. I think we can assume that the cycle of the team is probably going to catch up to Santos at some point, but all these guys are going to get starts is the point I made in the story. And with, with all the games and call-ups that they have, it'll, it'll be good to see. And and Porter even said that, that it's, it's good to have all these games because he can reward guys because they're all going to deserve starts at some point. Right. And I think competition breeds, you know, especially in pro sports, you know, you want to have a, you know, five, I mean, you have five guys that can start, you know, um, and, you know, you got to bring it. You can't, you know, if you're going to have a, a, a three game stretch of bad games, you're probably not going to start or you're going to come off the bench for the last 20 minutes or 20, you know, 15 minutes. So I think it's great because it, they're going to be deeper than they were last year. And I always and I said last year, all the way through our podcast is they were the deepest team they've ever been. And this offseason, they went even deeper and they spent more money. So, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's just, I think crew fans again, should be extremely happy <laughs> of their ownership group and that the amount of money and assets and resources, and they, they, they are spending their money wisely and it's, and it's paying dividends. Yeah. And we'll see how all that plays out starting April 8th and CONCACAF champions league. And Kayla Porter even said this, that, you know, there are going to be struggles at times. I, I think. Uh, he was defending a little bit their scrimmage performance that um, no one was really criticizing because personally it's to me that's like one of the first spring training games where your starting pitcher throws an inning and then by the sixth inning you have guys in there who are playing double a or or triple a ball so uh, this is all to say that there they are going to be good but there are going to be struggles this year which Caleb Porter pointed out and he's absolutely right I mean you look the past years teams that make MLS Cup uh, other than, I guess, Seattle, although I'm sure they've had their struggles at times. Yeah. Uh, New, York, New York City FC was a great example of this last year, winning Supporter Shield and then starting starting pretty slow and eventually getting things together. So expect there to be some rough spots. But, yeah, this team should absolutely be contending for a cup this year. And um, I, I expect them to get out of that first round of Champions League, but I'm excited to see it all come together on the field. So. Uh, any final thoughts there, Kyle? No, like you said, it's just trying to get into shape and try, trying to get the legs back and get everything going. So, um, you know, there are probably going to be some struggles at first. And, you know, it's a long season. And it's it's unfortunate you got to play some of these games early on in the season, you know, to advance in some of these tournaments. But, you know, it's just the way the, way the schedule is and the way things work. So, Absolutely. Well, that does it for me. And, Thanks to Patrick Flaherty, our producer behind the scenes, who I'm sure, as well as you, Kyle, was celebrating Ohio University's run to, uh, I guess, the second round 
and yeah, he's decked out. You can't see, but he's pointing to uh, what looks like a wild cat on his hat for uh, whatever reason there. But um, th- thanks to you all for listening and subscribing and reading our, our content. Uh, be sure to uh, check us out, dispatch.com, at Dispatch Alerts on Twitter. Join our Facebook group if you haven't already for Columbus Crew SC fans. And we will talk to you all either next week or sometime closer to the first game of the season. Patrick, kick us out of here.